Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast uh, presented by Underdog. This is uh, a new endeavor, kind of a little mashup of last year's No Free Squares. We kind of had to expand it given our, our new, I guess, uh, brandings. But this is your cash considerations put out here into the world from us to you. So hopefully you can take that and, uh, you know, use it and, and make yourself some money. Have a shot at that uh, big Millie prize there and, uh, and you know, just expanding your, your cash, which is always good. Uh, I, of course, am your host with the most time on his hand, sitting here on the opposite side of the menu uh, uh, of, of the screen here. And my fun fact of the day is I went and cut my hair on Thursday, and it was the first time I'd cut my hair in eight months. That's pretty exciting. My name is Jacob Sanderson. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. Uh, I didn't know that I had to do fun facts on the Saturday shows. I, I only thought I had to be fun on, on the Tuesday shows. Uh, but my fun fact is that directly once we finish this uh, Best Ball Mania draft, I'm also going to go get a haircut. So uh, it's the full it's the full haircut Dynasty podcast this week. <laughs> so are you shaving it all off? Or are you like no, doing a little no. side gimmick? You're just trimming it? What's the, what's the plan? So – I've been so reticent to get haircuts since moving to Vancouver because I just don't trust people to, to do it correctly. So mm. I've been like going to a couple different spots. And for the most part, I'd only been getting my haircut when I was in Winnipeg. And then I finally realized I was like, okay, I have to just, I have to just find a Vancouver hairstylist. And I found someone really good. The last time I was there, um, her name is Melanie shout out. She's actually from Winnipeg. So that Ooh, huge I, that shout out. Uh, and then yeah, so I just did like a little trim because I just wanted to see if she was like a trustworthy individual or if she would do something ridiculous and I don't know, like burn my hair or spill something <laughs> on it, or shave it down the middle, make a mohawk. Um, and, and she didn't do that. So she suggested doing this mid-sized cut she had an idea for. Her, and I was like, all right, we'll, we'll do that next time. So I'm not 100% sure exactly what she has in mind, to be honest. I love uh, it. I'm, I'm putting myself in, in her hands, really. And, and if... If things go really poorly, then then I'm gonna wear like multiple hats or like I'll have the Adam Levitan beanie when I'm out here on Tuesday. <laughs> Just, you know, we'll see. But for That's this amazing. is the last show with with the full full flow. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's funny because people might think that's weird, right? To have like being so picky about hairstylists. I've had six in my lifetime. Six people I've entrusted that I can remember to cut my hair. And now I only see one person when he was on holidays. I just wait. I went to a wedding with a, yeah, a bad haircut because I, I couldn't do it to him. So well, what would you just like go to a, like a walk-in just to, for a dentist? No, no like you, you find your no. dentist and you roll with your dentist. So you have to find another one. Like Look, and when you're, when like 70% of your identity is your hairstyle, like mine is, I think that uh, it's important. So it's good, but we're here. We made it look today. What we're going to do on this show we're going to talk about a little bit about tournament structure. We're going to get into some of the important elements of tournament drafting, whether it be stacks, uh, closing line value, season long plus weekly ceilings, and then some basic common structures that you hear, zero RB, hero RB, and some stuff that we talked with uh, Ben Gretsch about, which I'm, I'm pretty yeah. excited to uh, be able to finally put into motion and in use. I got to say, I am drafting my first Best Ball Mania 3 team as we're sitting here. Well, and as I mentioned in one of your comments, I panic drafted Jonathan Taylor at the 101 because I actually forgot I was in the draft, saw that I was yeah, up. I mean, it's a good pick to make. It's not a bad pick. I Much did worse want... if you drafted, like, I don't know. Derrick uh, Henry went number two, and I was like, I'm just... glad I didn't do that. Um, 
don't want to the make drafts these days because they're they're just way more variable. Like, yes, it gets drafting is kind of boring when you get into like July and everyone is all sat with the ADP. The ADP is like more like quote unquote efficient. Uh, and I remember like last year when I would just you get into this rhythm of these drafts and. I mean, it was nice in the sense that, like, I didn't even have to watch my phone because I, I was just so synced up by, like, draft 200 that I, like, knew exactly who I'd be picking at every slot. I knew, like, what stacks I would be able to get for what offenses and what rounds, like, just as soon as I saw my draft position. I, like, almost had, like, a unconscious timing for the draft where, like, if I would just be out on a walk, I could, like, put my phone in my pocket, take it out 20 seconds before my next pick, put it back in, and you just, like, had this feel for it. It was kind of spooky. Um and we're certainly not there yet. So we're still at the point of the draft where you're like, oh, I don't know who's going to, who people are going to take. Like you just mentioned Henry went number two. The last draft I was in, I think Henry went number nine. Like you're seeing things, you know, kind of go all over the place right now. And it's fun. That's, that's where a lot of the, the potential edge can be found because you're able to build teams right now that a hundred percent, you will not be able to build, you know, in July or August, because people are going to shoot up and down the board and, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And that's one thing. Um, last year's winner, as we've been promoting uh, on our shows, drafted in June. Yeah. Drafting early gives you, I feel like, the widest range of outcomes because as we get closer to the year, I feel like the mob, quote-unquote mob mentality, starts to set in your drafts. And not just best ball. Not just best ball. It's your dynasty drafts and it's your rookie drafts. There's a little bit more, um, I guess, quote-unquote knowledge or, in my opinion, too much knowledge at that point. And it, things get a little bit more constrictive, and I I don't like that. Well, before yeah. you, I really agree get, with you, man. Like, oh, oh sorry, I don't, I'm not going to cut off your uh, cut off your point. I will reply to that point after this ad read you're about to do. That's right. Look, before we get into <laughs> it, and before Tommy T forgets to do it until the very end, what I have in my hands right here is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Custom Championship Belt provided to us by Trophy Smack, and you can go and get yourself one. You can go to TrophySmack.com right now. You can use promo code TIPPLE, that's nipple with a T, get yourself a trophy, a championship belt, and what you end up being able to do with that that promo code is as long as you have the belt and the trophy in your cart, you actually get one of these bad boys for free. If you put the ring into the cart with a custom belt or trophy, it doesn't even have to be a custom one, it could just be one of the standard ones. You go in there, use promo code TIPPLE, that's nipple with a T, you get this really cool championship ring in this really cute little box. It's magnetic. It's super dope. You know, give, give it to your wife. Engage, you know, get engaged to your wife with a, a, a ring from Trophy Smack. Don't do that. Don't actually do that because she'll leave her out. But <laughs> from us to you, go to TrophySmack.com. Use promo code TIPPLE. I think there's get diminishing returns on the Trophy Smack trophies. I, think, I, think that, I don't think they're going to be into the wedding business anymore. <laughs> uh, def- definitely not. But look, go and, go and get if yourself you- one. This belt this, is if you beautiful. find a girl who wants an engagement ring from Trophy Smack, you engage, you you get that engagement done immediately. You instantly, that. instantly, Ex- and instantly. then one day you you speed up the wedding, you speed up the wedding, and you make sure she can't back out. Like that's a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we can get back to football. What was your point? Yeah, well, you're talking about the idea of, of drafting mm-hmm. early, and yeah, in rookie drafts, you make such a great point. Like I remember the first few rookie drafts I did, and. Yeah, it was an adventure because people were actually drafting with what they believe, 
right? Which is a massive difference. Like people were actually being like, oh, I think this guy's the 17th best player. I'm going to take him. Whereas now, because ADP is so much more reliable, like now you have everybody's like, oh, this is my 30th league. I can usually get this guy at the 210. So I'm not going to take him. Like, you know, and it works both ways. Like I was able to get guys way later that I, I would be willing to take earlier. And there was guys that I, I was taking earlier than I needed to because I didn't know when they were going to go. So I was just going to kind of go by my ranks. And you'll see that. But the other thing you'll see too is, right, things happen over the offseason, right? Like last year, for instance, um, you know, Cam Akers tears his Achilles. He was an early second round pick last year. Daryl Henderson was a 12th round pick. Obviously, all the drafts after that point, Daryl Henderson becomes a fourth, fifth round pick. Akers obviously is not draftable anymore. So it's really interesting in that um, Hayden Winks from, from Underdog did a lot of uh, analysis on, okay, where were the better teams, right? And the reality is that the higher scoring teams are drafted closer to the season. And that shouldn't shock anyone because you're drafting with the maximum information. There's no longer players like a Cam Akers who are just dead assets in the draft, right? <laughs> you're not taking guys who aren't going to play games. Uh, yeah. like I have several Travis Etienne teams, for instance, last year, or J.K. Dobbins teams, or et cetera, et cetera, that you're just drafting guys who aren't going to play. That being said, there's two reasons why I don't think that that's a reason to shy away from early drafting. Uh, number one is that you're not competing against all the other teams to get through to the playoff rounds. You're competing against the teams that you're drafting against. So yeah, are your drafts going to be less efficient? P probably, but so are all your competitors in a June draft. You just need to beat the 11 other teams in your draft to get into those playoff rounds. And then yep. once you get into the playoff rounds, you know, like, is it likely on a macro level that your team's probably a little bit worse uh, on the whole? Yes. But you have to think about it. The fact that you got into those playoff rounds shows that you're probably one of the teams that was, was least hurt by these early season injuries, right? Like you're probably not one of the teams that got the, Oh no, my round four pick tore his ACL before the season, right? <laughs> you're one of the oh. lucky survivors at that point. So yeah. to me, it's like, you might be the one who benefited. You might've been instead the team who drafted Daryl Henderson in round 12. And now you get to compete against a bunch of teams that have Daryl Henderson in round five. Right. I, I think that if you're looking at, at trying to win this massive, massive tournament with hundreds of thousands of entries, right. 451,000 people in, in best ball mania three, right. It's not like you're probably going to lose guys. You're probably going to lose. <laughs> so you have to look at like, how do I take first place in a 450,000 person tournament? And it's very appealing to draft teams that you can't possibly draft right now. Right. If you're, I took Keontae Ingram this morning. What happens if James Connor gets a, a massive preseason injury? Well, you're not getting Keontae Ingram in round 17 anymore. Right now he's a round seven pick. And, and what you got to think about is like the teams that you're competing with later primarily are probably a lot of teams who have the same guys that you do because whatever stacks, whatever league winners that you have, those are the guys that other guys have too. So like Cooper cup, for instance, last year, you know, he's obviously in one out of every 12 teams drafted. He was in like half the teams in the playoff rounds, right? Cause he was such a yeah. good player. So Cooper cup, he was the guy that got you there last year. He's probably not the guy that wins it because, you know, even if he did have this massive game in the finals, everybody in the finals has Cooper cup on their team. Exactly. Everybody's benefiting from that game. So you, you need disparity. Right. So like That's I remember looking win. through my team last year, my, so I, I had a team that got a funnels with puppy two and I had Cooper cup and Mark Andrews. I was like, well, I hope they do well, 
but that's not going to do a whole lot because everybody had Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. I'm looking at guys on my roster. Like I had Barkley somehow get through that, through that team. I'm like, man, like if Saquon Barkley can just somehow put up 25 points in one game, like nobody has him because he was a total freaking dud. Right. Like, right. so you, you kind of want, like you can't plan for this, but you, you want to be able to have some of those guys that not everybody has in the finals. And one of the ways that you can have these great teams built around guys that everyone has is by drafting earlier and having these teams that are impossible for anyone else to assemble. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get it. Did you get to see the, did you by chance get to see and look at the team that won it last year? I just want to make a bet that uh, Penny was on that roster. Like oh, I yeah. just have this feeling that oh, Penny was certain. the one. Like, and, and that's why I think the, so you know me a couple years ago, I was just smashing every running back possible early. I was trading up left, right, and center in our dynasty drafts. You would quote, as you said, uh, miss those days um, of, of being able to get those deals from me. But I've come around a little bit more on weaning off the running back. Now, we said we we're going to talk a little strategy. We're going to get that as we can do that now. Um, when I'm looking at a draft now, I even went in and said first round, I'm, if I get a top five pick, I'm definitely going to hammer home one of those elite running backs and then probably not touch one again uh, for a while. And I'm, I'm with that strategy now. Like I, I'm pretty much baked in. It's worked its way into my dynasty draft, starting five, six wide receivers deep to kick off a draft. I, I have no problem doing it. If you're going that route, when is when is it for you? Is there a certain player you're looking for? Oh, okay, I'm gonna draft my first running back if X player gets here, or are you literally just shaking the board off? So I guess every stage. every draft, like to me, to me, any strategy can work. And so, especially when we're when we're drafting in best ball, like you're you're especially in these tournaments, like you're probably creating a portfolio of teams. So I think what you should think about before you start drafting these is like, okay, how many teams do I think I'm gonna draft in in this tournament or or total, right? And so let's, let's say that now, let's just say that you're planning on drafting 50 tournament best ball teams. Then you got to think like, okay, how uh, roughly, you know, how many teams do I want to be sort of each different structure? Cause I, I wouldn't want to have 50 zero RB teams. I wouldn't want to have 50 robust running back teams. Uh, and then ultimately what decides it for me is a couple things. It's just like, it's where your draft slot is. Um, Cause for me, it's just based on the players that I want to take. There's certain draft slots where I'm probably always drafting a running back or I'm, or at least most of the time, or I'm probably always drafting a wide receiver most of the time. Uh, and then it's just sort of how the draft falls from there. Right. And to me, a lot of it is, is I, I have this term I call passive diversification, which is just, I want to, instead of like going in with the mindset of a draft of like, I want to draft a zero RB team today. It's like, okay, I know that I'm going to want to draft some zero RB teams. I know I'm going to want to draft some more running back heavy teams, but I want to try and get all of those at the most efficient prices. So like uh, if, you know, DeAndre Swift falls eight picks behind ADP and I already have my first running back, then I might double down, take Swift there. And then, okay, that's going to be one of my two running back starts, but I'm, I'm getting it at a really nice discount. I'm getting a really nice discount on DeAndre Swift compared to where he's going to be drafted in most drafts. So I'll let this be my, my double running back team. And, you know, maybe the next draft, it's, it's the opposite, a wide receiver falls. So I don't ever want to force it. Like, we're, we're going to do a draft right away. I, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go. I don't, I, we don't know an order draft slot yet. I might start with six wide receivers. I might start with three straight running backs. But let's, I'll, I'll quickly just overview sort of the four main strategies. They always get phrased in terms of the RB. Uh, yeah. just if people are tuning in, if they want to use our promo code, full tilt to get, for their first sign up to get the deposit match. These are kind of the terms that you'll hear thrown around. 
So zero RB, essentially, and everybody has their own definition, but zero RB means you're drafting a bunch of non-running backs for probably about the first six rounds, right? So the first two rounds are generally your early running back rounds. Round three to round six is the quote-unquote dead zone. Uh, and then, you know, round seven through 18 is, is kind of a free-for-all. So zero RB traditionally, I think you're either going to have some mix of like a quarterback, a tight end and four wide receivers or five wide receivers and, and either the quarterback or the tight end in your first six rounds. And then you start looking at running backs round seven and later. Uh, in terms of your structure, underdog drafts 18 rounds. So you're probably going to want to draft a lot more running backs, of course, in a zero RB because your running backs aren't any good at the top and you have much better wide receivers. So you're looking at starting those wide receivers almost every week and then mixing it up on the running backs. So you probably end up something like, I usually end up something like a two, seven, seven, two, or two, six, eight, two. And I'm usually taking less quarterbacks and tight ends in zero RB drafts because to me, it's diminishing returns on the wide receivers, right? If I'm not seeing a running back for six rounds, I don't want to take six straight wide receivers. I, I want to try and win every position except for running back. So I'm more likely to take an early quarterback, early tight end, if I'm doing a zero RB draft. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, of course, is your your robust RB. That's usually you're taking three in the first four rounds. So you're taking That's running insane. back, running back, running back, running back, your first two. And then you're probably taking another running back in round three or round four. And you're probably stopping at four running backs, right? So that's where you're looking at a 2-4-10-2, 3-4-9-2, something like that, where you're going heavy at running back. You're hoping those running backs stay healthy. And then you're still not investing that much at running back. And the thought there is the exact opposite of what I said at zero RB you're banking on those three stud running backs to fill your two running back slots and maybe the flex every single week. And you might not have great wide receivers, but you're just banking on the variability of those wide receivers where you just hope three of your nine or three of your 10 have a spike week uh, every given week. And then you're just rotating those guys in. So you might be more inclined to take guys like the MVSs, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, in the middle of that, we have hero RB and then what people have started calling superhero RB, which is you take one running back in the first two rounds or maybe two in the first two rounds and then you just don't take any running backs again for the next like six <laughs> eight ten rounds so since you have one or two studs at the top and then just a couple like my my team that got through to the uh final last year was it wasn't even a term then but it was a superhero rb team one of them was a superhero jonathan taylor the other one was was whatever the opposite of a superhero was and saquon barkley but uh <laughs> I, I took those two in the first two rounds and then i took my other three running backs in round 16 17 18 so I, I literally took running back, running back, then no running backs for 13 rounds, and then running backs the last three. And they were like Justin Jackson, Rashad Penny, and Giovanni Bernard. Uh, you need. So it, it worked out where I was able to, to cobble together a nice finish. But anyway, so those are kind of the terms. And then we'll get into it as we go into this draft, uh, depending on sort of what routes we choose. And we're going to stream these every week or so. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot of different, a lot of different builds. And we'll go into like, what players do I prefer drafting in, in a zero RB? What players do I prefer drafting in a robust RB? I'm sure we'll, we'll get into a bit of that today. So why exactly. don't we, uh, why, why don't we hop in a draft here? We will. Uh, yeah. Well, if any, if anyone is drafting live, we'll, we'll get the screen share going and, uh, and then and, and we'll hop in one. You can join us. It'll be the best ball mania three uh, draft. Yeah. And while we're drafting, we're going to talk about some players that, um, yeah. Uh, John Hansen put out his values, so as the draft is going, we're obviously going to talk about our picks, but in between, we're going to talk about some players that are up and down on the board. We're going to mix some stuff in here. It's going to be a great time. So come and draft with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have the 
the screen share up. We're going to be ready first. I just want to, uh, seeing as how we are about to do a little best ball draft, I do want to uh, run a commercial when we come back. We're, we're going to get right into it. All right, sit tight. Why do <laughs> shitty teams trade up? The New York Jets traded up for Brees Hall. The Texans traded up for John Mechie. The Jaguars traded up into the first round to select a linebacker when they already paid Foye Aluakon a crap ton of money to come and play off-ball linebacker. If your team is bad, you need more players, not less players. If your team is bad, you probably should not have that much confidence in your ability to decipher who are the correct players to take versus the other players. Like, you clearly haven't been good enough at that in the past. That's why your team sucks. I don't understand why these teams that have horrible horrible rosters that have needs all over the roster aren't just trying to maximize their chances by taking as many throws at the dartboard as humanly possible it is ridiculous yeah that is such a good point bad teams will just forever continue to to do really stupid things and as a reminder you can join us on the full tilt dynasty podcast on tuesday this week and on june 7th we have the man jj zacharyson coming on popping on the show to to really enlighten us with the knowledge it's gonna be phenomenal it's the first year i got his his draft guide uh and i am awesome his his prospect guide and everything oh man i am I can barely get through all of it. There's so much information, but it the information that I've absorbed has been top tier. So I can't wait to talk to him about that and his leaving FanDuel, which I thought was kind of a surprising thing, but good for him. Uh, all right, Jacob, we're entering this here uh, best right. ball mania three draft. All right, we're gonna see what we're gonna see. We might be like number twelve if anyone is following along with us live. I'm gonna do a little countdown. So three, two, one. We're hitting. We're hitting enter here. All right, how many? Oh, we're only waiting on two people, so this will fill real quick. So, all right, what's what's your favorite spot to draft from? I've already decided my favorite right now. One eleven, because I'm most comfortable drafting in that. It's where I end up in every dynasty draft, every redraft. I'm always at like the one ten, one eleven. So I at least kind of gauge the board best at that spot. I hate the most drafting between one hundred one and one hundred three. I hate yeah, being at the top scary. of the draft. It is the worst. The first yeah, like my, six may seem easy, and then after that, you're just going, "What the fuck do I do?" My favorite right now, I think, is one five. Uh, to okay. me, I see just a, a very clear top five, like like Taylor and McCaffrey, uh, which is funny enough, uh, the name of a Winnipeg law firm, uh, are are just like the clear top two top top two running backs for me, just like by by a long shot. And then I think Cup, Jefferson, Chase are kind of the clear cut top three wide receivers. And then after that, I just feel like. I don't really have a preference for the next five, six guys, to be entirely honest. Okay. But I also just love in these best ball drafts. I prefer being in the middle. Like I, I find it's easier to get my stacks that way, especially. So it's really difficult. Uh, all right, we're going to find out where we're sitting right now. But so let's see, where are we? Oh, I don't even see us on the screen. We must be super far back. Oh, are we at 111? We're 110. We're 110. <laughs> That's because I'm here. That's yeah. exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so this is what this is the tough part about like one tenth, at least not one twelfth, but the thing I don't love is like with stacking. So in a tournament, of course, like the stacks are really important because when you get in those tournament weeks, you have to think about it again. You're competing against the guys that are the same guys as you, right? So let's say let's let's say my quarterback in this draft is uh, you know, Kyler Murray, right? And let's say Kyler Murray has a great season. He helps me get into the fantasy playoffs. 
And then Kyler Murray has a really great game in, in the in these playoff rounds, you know, the semifinal or the final. Awesome, awesome. The problem is once we get into the actual final, like, you know, m- maybe Kyler is a little bit different because he can run in touchdowns. But let's say Matthew Stafford even is a better example. Like Matthew Stafford is not running for two touchdowns. If Matthew Stafford right. is the quarterback that you need in the final, then Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson or at least Van Jefferson, like some one of one or multiple of those guys is also the wide receiver you need. So to me, it's like if you have Stafford and you don't have his receiving options, like you're probably drawing dead against the other Stafford team. So I, I think that stacking is, is just massively important for quarterback. And the problem with being at the end of the board is it's just you get into these uncomfortable spots sometimes where you have to reach on your stack if you want it. Because you're like, man, if I don't pick this guy now, 10 spots ahead of ADP, he's not going to be there in 20 picks. So it, it really limits your options in that way, uh, which is why I prefer to be in the middle in, in these drafts just for that stacking purposes. But we'll see if we get 110. I, I know I'm not going to get Chase or, or anyone that I like. I, I think 110, I'm probably I'm probably looking at Kelsey Diggs or the, Adams. Kelsey is the ADP pick according to um... – uh, underdogs rankings right now. Um, and I don't hate that, but again, you're right. You kind of do want to have the stack and I don't think I want to take Mahomes early. So it'll be interesting to see. Here's, here's where I'm probably not going to take Kelsey is because I just think, I think it's likely that I'm going to be able to get Kelsey or Andrews at the next pick because no one's going to double tap them. So essentially both the guy at 111 and 112 would need to take a tight end. Um, so I would rather get the tight end at two, three, cause it would really surprise me if, if one of them isn't there at two, three. Um, right. so we'll see, I'm going to take Devonte Adams if he's here at one ten. but if, if not, then I, I might, I might be forced to take like Derek freaking Henry. Uh, no, this guy's going to time out. He's going to take Henry. It looks like, um, I hate to see it. Yeah. I like, I like Adams here for sure. Yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Adams. So. And then I'm probably taking a tight end, so we're we're fully we're fully opening up to a, a potential uh, a potential zero RB team um, immediately, uh, which is which which is fun. I feel like I feel like I, I need to play the hits for for the first show, so that's that's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> we want we want to keep it a little uh, uh, as honest to us as possible. <laughs> it, it is a little tough. Like Underdog is a half PPR site that people should know, so it is a half PPR site, which makes it. A little more challenging to go like full on zero RB. My my take is that the running back dead zone. I know maybe we see this every year. It's like the two things we see every year is the running back dead zone's better this year and the tight end is deeper this year. But Always. but it does seem better this year. And the 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 wide receivers in that range seem worse. Like I just remember last year the round three four turn was like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the two Rams guys, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, like that just seemed like a really nice spot to pick wide receivers. Um, we'll see if this guy takes Andrews and foils my plan. If he does, I'm going to have to make an actual decision. Oh, no. Who's 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 next up in the old tight end landscape for you then? Well, I'm not, ta- I'm not taking Pitts in round two. Oh, he did. Wow. That was rude. So That's very hardcore. Okay. So now, so now our options are we could take, we could take CD potentially. We could take Debo. We could take, uh Debo's kind of a running back. Um True. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of not minding CD because I kind of like the Cowboys stack, but uh, I agree. I like that too. Okay. 
I'll, I'll do CD. I think that's like an overdraft, but I I want access to that offense, so I'm I'm fine taking CD. Well, it also opens it up if if um if we want to, we can end up with Dak a little bit later, depending on how right. quarterbacks shape up in this. And and with that, we can go late round tight end and draft Schultz. So it it if you want to talk stacks, Schultz is going a little bit later than I think he should be. And yeah. if you want into that offense, that could be a way to build around it. Well, here's here's what I like about the the CD pick is now. When you're I'm, when I'm thinking about these stack constructions, and I really try to think about this when I'm at the end, is it's like where do these players go, right? So the Cowboys stack really is attractive right now based on the ADP because Dak has an ADP of 83, uh, and Schultz has an ADP of 79. So that basically sets up precisely for the seven eight turn, where if you take CD at the early second, you're you're kind of in good shape to be able to get Dak and Schultz at the seven eight turn. Yes. Um, without reaching on anyone, and it's a really, it's a really attractive kind of easy to make stack, um, which I, which I enjoy. Uh, so, so that's something. Is there the, the running backs? Like, so I kind of like how late some of these backs go. Like, I, I think like Dobbins, Etn, even Jacobs in into round six. Um, I think are nice. I'm not super sold on the, on like the Acres. Elliot Montgomery in round four. I would be. I would love it if Barkley or Connor makes it back. What What do you think on in this sort of next tier of running back once we get past uh, Jones, Javante, Lenny, who I think have no shot of making it back to us? <laughs> yeah, I think I think part of that is is really tough when you're looking at let's say ADP. Uh, I'm so if we're not including guys like Barkley, Barkley would be the one of the guys I would actually want. Uh, I actually kind of like Jacobs, but again, his ADP is a little tough. I think my next target would be Dylan. If if you want to go down that oh, list, I think yeah. Dylan would be 0.5 PPR, right? So you're kind of looking at touchdowns as being the game breaker. And I think in that offense, I think AJ Dylan and his giant, massive uh, lower half of his body is going to be, I think, goal line back. And I think we saw that last year. So if we're stacking so heavily at wide receiver and tight end, having a guy like AJ Dillon, who we, I think we are all kind of expecting to take that leap uh, this year and kind of overthrow wide receiver, slot wide receiver Aaron Jones. I like Dillon when it comes to that tier for value wise, but the ADP is still a little bit high, 73 for him as listed on, on uh, underdog, almost at DraftKings. Oh my God, we're going to lose our sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like both. Uh, I, I like both the Green Bay backs at, at ADP. Like, I, I think, I think Jones is, is is honestly just in such a nice spot without Adams there. Like, mm-hmm. their their wide receiver room is is really rough. And I mean, Aaron Christian Jones Watson has always sucks. had Aaron Jones has always had his highest upside through through the passing game. Isn't so, that something crazy? Where uh, uh, when Adams has been out. Aaron Jones is average five receptions per game or something and, and like yeah. 19 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Stupid. He's had some monster games without Adams. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, and it, it makes tons of sense. I don't know how much they'll play them both together. I think that it would benefit them to play some, uh, uh, quite a few formations with both of them together. The reality is, is Aaron Jones is the best uh, pass catcher on their team right now. And the reality is, is that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are their two best skill players on their team. So I, I think that, like I trust Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to formulate a plan that utilizes both quite effectively. And I, I don't know why they wouldn't run sets with them both in the backfield or with Dylan in the backfield and Jones the slot wide receiver. 
they were doing it with worse players. Like they were doing it with a guy that no one had ever heard of. And then that guy uh, got hurt. Like if, if okay. Ned Barris, if Ned Barris wants to give us James Conner, the three ten, I, I will slam that. Yes. Oh, fuck oh yes. he took Amari Cooper. Give it, give us all the, all the James Conner. I like that second, third, third round. We got James Conner. Now we have uh, Lucas here at the, at the cute Hertz. Why does it seem like Schultz is falling in ADP despite getting little complete uh, completion? I think he means competition yeah, for so. targets and coming off an amazing year. I just think it's because he's a breakout tight end on a franchise tag, but that doesn't matter to us here. So in Dynasty, I have been drafting and trading for Schultz like crazy yeah, I because like I agree. Like He's got Tolbert, whatever. Gallup is hurt, and Dak clearly went to the tight end when uh, – fantasy football's middle child Amari Cooper wasn't producing. So I think Schultz, I think they're leaning to that running back tight end receiver profile that we've, we're kind of seeing the elite teams that have that trio kind of go to. And I, I love him. I will draft him and trade for him as much as possible. I love him. Yeah. I like Schultz a lot. I mean, his target rate last year. So his, his per- percentage of uh, percentage of targeted throws in which he was the target, uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna we'll keep talking Schultz, but I'm gonna take Deontay Johnson here. So we're over Marquise. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I like I like Deontay more than Marquise Brown. I mean, De- Deontay is like 28% target share guy. Uh, I, I just yeah, he's a he's a jam for me. I'm just um, in love with Marquise Brown's boom week potential in Arizona. That's all. I do like the boom week potential in Arizona. I, I guess part part of my concern with Marquise is I feel like his his stock has been inflated a little bit from the Hawkins suspension. And I don't really care about the first six weeks that much at a tournament where it really comes down to what you do in week 15 through 17, right? Like that's where the million dollars is won. So if you were to tell me, like, to me, I kind of like, I will certainly I'll take the first six weeks where I expect Hollywood to be the clear lead receiver. I, I mean, Hopkins also old. Like, I don't think it's inconceivable that Hollywood just out targets Hopkins when Hopkins comes back. But I, I just, I don't know if, if Marquise Brown would be, in this early round four conversation, if Hopkins wasn't suspended. Um, and I, and I think we have to consider that, that like, that's the outcome we're, we're playing for is this final playoff run. So I'll, I'll draft Marquise Brown. I'll probably be overweight on Marquise Brown, but I, I like Deontay a little bit. More. That's fair. I just thought I, I thought, I thought, I thought I pointed out. That's all. Yeah. We're, we're in that ADP, but yeah, for, for Schultz, I think it's easy money. I think people would be a little bit more into him if you got a contract, not just a franchise tag. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it comes down to uh, Lucas. Yeah. With, with Schultz, like, so his, his target rate uh, that I mentioned was 22%. I think CD was at 24%. Cooper, I think was about 20. So like Schultz was, was really on par with those other two in terms of earning targets. He was out there. And he had to deal with Jarwin for the first little month of that year where they were only giving him about 60, 70% of the routes. They're giving the rest to Jarwin. That's not going to be a, a concern this year. Once he started commanding a full route share, he was earning targets like pretty much the same rate that, that Lamb and Cooper were. Uh, not as many downfield, but like he, he was really strong to me. And, you know, to the extent that Amari Cooper's targets leaving is going to benefit Lamb, I think it could also benefit Schultz. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you, you're right. Like, you look at the rest of it. Like, Gallup, I don't know when he's going to be back. He could easily start on the pup list and, and miss the first half of the season. Uh, he tore his ACL in, like, December, right? Late December. Yeah. Um, people are talking about Godwin might not return until after their bye week in week 11. Gallup got injured this, I think it was a week after Chris Godwin. 
right? So the, the Gallup, the, the but the Gallup hive is strong with their belief. I think that's 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 all that is. But um, if you look at he had eight receiving touchdowns on only a hundred and one targets, and if we still think that Dak is an elite tier quarterback, like people still believe, then I don't know why we'd be fading his seemingly primary red zone target. Not to mention Schultz seventy seven uh, receiving grade on PFF is one of the upper yeah, tier right. at tight end period in the league. So can't go wrong here. What, what are we thinking? We, I, I like ETN here. ETN would be my, my desired pick, but we already just took a running back. So I don't know if you want to well, double it I up. Mind, I don't mind going with the second for sure. Who we have, we have, so, so our stacks potential are Elijah are, Mitchell before ETN. Don't like that. So our, our potential stacks are, are Raiders, Cowboys and Steelers. So unfortunately it's not, we can only take Herbert here, even though I think that's a nice value. Um, yeah, none of these wide receivers are doing it for me right now. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm feeling Travis Etienne. I'm. So people see Montgomery there with the with the ten slots higher ADP. Uh, I'm not loving, not loving the Monty right now. I, now I never really loved the Monty to to be clear. So I'm maybe a little bit biased on that. But he, he was not overly efficient last year. What made him so great last year was that his role was just absolutely nuts. Like he was they, locked they were, in. They, he was like Najee level locked in. And, and it's totally possible that happens again this year. You know, the, the players that coaches continue to give volume to, they often continue to give volume to. But, I mean, it's, it's totally new staff. He's, he's not under contract beyond this year. Uh, I I think certainly one of the outcomes is that he continues to get 70%, 80% of touches. But I think easily another outcome is that, you know, they, they try to mix in Herbert. I'm not saying Herbert would overtake him necessarily, but I, I could certainly see it being more of a 60-40, 70-30 backfield like most are in the NFL. I, I don't know that David Montgomery possesses the level of of talent that like any new coaching staff will come in and say, no, this guy gets 95% of the snaps. Like that seems a little bit extreme to me, but what, what do you think here? So uh, let's see. So our options like I don't really want to take a third running back yet. That's a little much for me. I'm, I'm okay with Agreed. the one ETN. I, so we could take, like, I don't want to take, I don't want to take Burrow because we don't have any Bengals. I don't really want to stack with Kyler yet. We could go Hertz here is, is, and potentially get Smith later. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking Mooney barring seeing another alternative is just sort of the next highest wide receiver for me. And, and we timed out. So it's, it's going to okay. be okay. So we went yeah. Mooney. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with Mooney there, and then I would say at the next we should be targeting our our turn of Dak and uh, Schultz. I think yeah, that's ideal. The, the premier premier time for that, as long as nobody fucks it up. Uh, other than that, we'd be looking at probably just getting our next stack. Um, but I mean, with guys with Hawkinson still on the board and and Goddard still on the board, I can see that yeah, coming like, our way. I like this. The one thing I really like right now with with this is like we're set up with. Um, I think two other options for a second stack that's good enough to me to just take two quarterbacks, which mm-hmm. would be, I guess we could have taken Kyler with, uh, with James Connor and then gotten like Zach Ertz or something that, that would have been possible. Uh, anyway. Um, I, I think that uh, like if, if we're able to get this Dak stack, I think that's one early enough that we could then make for our, our secondary stack. I think we have three options where we could go car with, with Adams. We could go, uh, fields with Mooney and potentially commit and we could go Lawrence with ETN and maybe add, you know, either Kirk or, or I would or say someone late and, and all of those to me, I would be comfortable with just leaving at two quarterbacks, um, which I think is a nice, a nice spot, especially because if Schultz is our tight end one, we might want to take three tight ends. So 
I agree. I would likely want to shoot for that Lawrence, Etienne, and Kirk stack because I think that'll actually be pretty good uh, at their ADPs and open up a, a giant wave of potential to add just tons of value. And I know Tom Lee and I shit all over just saying, oh, it's just a great value. You so much value. I know we shit on that a lot, but for, for your best ball teams, it is so important. It is critical to get the best values possible. And I actually mean it, and I'm not saying it um, uh, ironically, all right? Yeah, I think it's, it's been a really interesting discussion, actually, about, uh, the, I think people have said is sort of, how much should we care about ADP? How much should we care about diversifying? How much should we care about, um, you know, getting our guys? And I I think, like, the one thing that, that pretty much anyone uh, that's really looked into it can say is that reaching is bad, right? And when I say reaching, I don't mean reaching by six picks or something, but like taking a guy two rounds ahead of ADP is just bad. Like, first of all, you might just get them the, ne- the next time. But I, I think like the more interesting discussion on reaching is when people say like, okay, what if you're at the turn and you know, you're not going to pick in for 20 picks. The guy has an ADP 10 picks later. Should you take the guy? Cause you're not going to, you're probably not going to get him again. And I guess what I would say, I, I come down on the no side of that, just in the sense that, you first of all, the guy might fall ten picks past ADP. You never know. Second, second of all, like I would just not take that guy that draft then, right? Like I, I will just get that guy when I'm drafting on the other side of the room. And I think I've heard some interesting conversations of people saying no, like it's kind of good to get guys off their ADP because you'll get different textures. And and my response to that, like when I say textures, I mean like. For instance, if I'm picking at the one-two turn, right? Like I have this Adam CD start, right? right? Versus if I'm picking it at the front end of the draft, let's say you know I'm getting more things that look more like Taylor um, plus I don't know Fournette or whatever. Like so, it's like okay, what if you want to get? Let's even say I went running back, running back. Maybe I get Mixon and Swift, right? It's like okay, well, what if I want to take? Um, a quarterback who's usually in a different range. Like what if I want to take someone with a mix and swift combination instead of a McCaffrey Fournette combination. And, and I think that that's an interesting idea. I think maybe it's more interesting in August. I think in this, like the ADP is going to jump around so much. I don't think you need to force that this early in the year. And, and also like, I would rather just get those different textures when Son on that odd occasion. Bitch. Wow. Who's, who is Ned Saris? Does he, is he aware that Cooper doesn't even play for the Cowboys anymore? Oh, wow, bro. Okay, all right. what are we going to um, do here? Um, shit. All right, let's figure out a plan here. Uh, Adam Thielen is the next oh, – What? A, hmm. Do we still even want to take Schultz? Like, I don't even – I would – I would. oh, man. Okay, well, we're we'll going to we'll take three tight ends anyway. We're going to take Schultz regardless, so he's coming in because uh, – I wasn't watching the cue close enough. Oh That's, my god! That was rude. That was so rude from. That's from crippling. Harris. Okay, we're, we're we're picking pretty quick here. Uh, do we start okay. the attempt at Jacksonville, so, or well, do we just take our quarterback? Kirk, Kirk's too far down to me. I, I think. Okay, so Fields just gone, so I think we have a couple options. I think that we could look at Renfro if we want to double. Oh, that he's gone. Okay, uh, there's no one left to stack with Stafford. Do we just go trade? Uh, we can't go Trey. Um, no running back I want here. I think okay. So if we Stafford, we don't have a stack for. What about Carr? I, I don't want to take these guys. I think we can get him next round. Um, I, I don't want to reach that far ahead. I think we can go. We can go Wilson. We can go. Yeah, I, I like Garrett Wilson here probably the most. 
Don't do Garrett Wilson. I agree. We're 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 adjusting on the fly because some dickhead took Jack. Just up into the Jet stack too, which is always you always want to stack um, the Jets as much as possible. Can't believe he took Dak and has a Cooper there as well. Like I don't understand oh, that, that at all. Injury. But that's that's the uh, the joys of of best ball drafting. You have a plan, and in one swift move, you got to make an immediate adjustment uh I'm just put on here all of our sort of possible stats right, that that's a good idea just just for our future reference so and i'm not going to include anyone from the pittsburgh steelers i don't want to draft them uh so <laughs> so we have yeah that, that, was, that, a was, rude, that was a that rude was that was rippling and, and also like i don't know if he's watched probably not i don't even think it was like in his benefit like he so he overdrafted all, him First of all, like he already had Kyler, so it's not like he needed a second quarterback. He, he already had Kyler unstacked. I don't know why you're drafting a quarterback in a sec. I don't know why you're drafting a unstacked quarterback in round seven when you already have Kyler Murray. That's ridiculous. He didn't have CD. Like CD's the only cowboy that's off the board. But I guess Zeke, but you're not really stacking Zeke with, with Dak anyway. Ridiculous, ridiculous pick from him. Um, completely absurd. Maybe he was hoping to get Schultz on the way back. But no, if you're if you want to do that, this is this is one thing, by the way, actually, this is a good strategy tip. So if you're in a situation, let's say we didn't already have CD Lamb. Right. We were eyeing up Dak. We were like, oh, that'd be interesting. Let's do the Dak Schultz. What you do is you take and you're not sure you're gonna be able to get both. You take the receiver first, because if you're okay with the receiver, even if the quarterback gets sniped from you, that's fine. You you just get a receiver, right? Or a tight end. That's okay. You you wanted to take that guy anyway. If you take the quarterback first and then the receiver gets sniped, then, then you're dead on arrival. Like at that point now, you just have a naked quarterback. You don't want to have a naked quarterback. So, right. so you, you take the receiver first and you hope that. the quarterback falls, and then that's great. But if you take the quarterback hoping that the tight end or the receiver falls, that's that's bad news bears. So. I'm starting to think that somebody in the Bulletproof Discord that joined just to like aggravate and disrupt our plan. Because you're right. There's no – logical explanation for that draft pick being made i can't this guy is this guy's also really embracing the half ppr format with the henry chubb elijah mitchell kenneth walker running back room that will catch like 10 combined passes this year (laughs) hey 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 i don't want to get attacked by the the kenny walker uh folks here for kenny walker quote-unquote slander it would be hard to establish the run more than than this running back room like Wild. Okay, if this guy takes Derek Carr now, he's clearly a narc. He's just watching at that if point. This guy, if this guy gets, thank you. Okay, good. So we're okay. gonna take, we're gonna lock in Carr here. So, so we have our Carr out and stack. There Is go. there another Raider on the board that we would consider? Probably not. Uh, probably not until like maybe like a really late Kenyon Drake or Zamir White. That would be about it. Right. I actually wouldn't mind grabbing Kenyon Drake at the towards the end of the draft if we're assuming he's going to be the primary pass catcher anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that. Okay, so let's see here. What what do we want to do this round? So we're not we're probably not looking at any of these stack options yet. Um so I'm just going to like star some guys that I think are kind of interesting. I'm I'm not touching Woods or Gallup. I don't want to draft guys with late season I ACLs. I feel like yep. we're only going to get bad news on them and they're only going to get cheaper. Uh I don't really want to take a second tight end yet because I kind of I want to leave ourselves open to that Fields, Komet, Mooney. Um, so I think guys that are interesting to me, I think uh, your your boy James Cook, as I think 
possibly interesting here as our RB three. I think I just don't I don't love him in a point point five PPR format, but I think there is worse that you could do. Uh, you I'm do looking. That, I'm looking at MVS or Tony or. Um, I actually don't. This is going to make Cook. Cook just gone. So. Okay, this is going to make me hurt on the inside, but I wouldn't mind a guy like MVS in this format, even though it makes me want to vomit. It. Even Kenny G a little bit later, I don't mind either if he's going to get deep ball targets. Uh, one player I am looking at later is Alec Pierce. Uh, who is the wide receiver 72. I don't think it would hurt to take a shot on a guy like Pierce at, at pick 162, which is where he's ranked, uh, according to John Hansen. He is, a, he is a player highlighted as a value. Uh, I know he's one of your boys. I know as as per the Colts, they spent seven months in film rooms uh, breaking down countless yeah, hours of film to, to yeah, end like up... Reenacting the Stanford prisoner <laughs> experiment. <laughs> I can't believe what a, it. What an absolutely like psychotic that. article. That yeah. was so bizarre. The, the one line where he was insane. like, I told them, don't ask me when the meeting ends. It'll be better that way if you don't know. I'm like, what is this? Is this like a <laughs> this full metal jacket? Like, bizarre. <laughs> Just bizarre behavior. Um, so I'm wondering now, uh, is with our, our current state of the tight ends, does that push Gerald Everett out of consideration? Oh, he's very you? in consideration because I think we're probably drafting three. Okay. Well, I'm just, we'll see. Like I said, if we're not stacking the tight end, I think it would be. We already have a one non-stacked tight end now, thanks to Dickhead. So we'll we'll see. I think this is the issue. So I thought I was originally thinking we would draft three because I thought we we're going to have Dak plus Carr or Dak plus Fields or whatever. My concern is Carr is now our QB one. So what I what I would like to do is like I in in eighteen round drafts. I'm pretty on the side of allocating maximum five spots to quarterback and tight end. I'm, I'm fine with, I, I just don't want to draft three and three because I think in a tournament like this, it just kills a little bit too much of your upside to have only 12 spots left for your running backs and your wide receivers. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure which position group would be crying out more for help like let's let's say we get fields and and commit i'm not sure if i'm more concerned about car fields or about schultz commit i i think it could go either way honestly in terms of in terms of that maybe that just comes down to if a tight end we like falls or if uh if a quarterback that we like that stacked works but uh yeah what, what do you think on that man uh I'm a little bit newer to the to the best ball streets, so I try to just stack my tight end quarterback as much as possible. But again, we kind of got nixed on that. So I am a three and three like type of player. I didn't realize that you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, I guess in some eyes. Uh, so I've kind of been shooting myself in the foot. I guess <laughs> when it when it comes to that scenario, it just. Um, yeah, I think it's tough. I like the commit and field stack. I think that's going to be good. I, we can no longer stack our Christian Kirk uh, with T-Law, I'm pretty sure, so that's not great. Oh, my God, these people. Again? Oh, my God. <laughs> these people are out to get us. Okay, so oh, I think, I think, well, we're, I think we're going, I think we're going with three quarterback part. is what's happening because I think we're going to have to go with, with, with Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a jet stack. Okay, so who – all right. Well, I'm I'm not even gonna 
Uh, okay, so what we both like Damian Pierce, right? We can get Damian yeah. Pierce ten picks after ADP as our as our RB three. Are we good with this? Yeah, and I, I also like Ronald Jones in these drafts as well I in a point too, five PPR. I do too. So I think, I, yeah, I think I would have gone. Go personally, I would have went Rojo over Pierce, but I understand going Pierce first. And we are running yes. out of time. We have a question here from Kevin. Uh, how do you balance not only roster spots but round equity for quarterback and tight end? Oh man, uh, how about this? Let's. I'm going to answer that question after, after this our pick. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm going to get. 20% through it. Um, okay. So this pick here, ADP is 135. I'm, I'm going to just not, I don't want to take Lawrence around ahead of ADP. Uh, I think, I think we'll wait and see if we can get Zach Wilson. We're probably in three quarterbacks. Let's open ourselves up to a potential third stack here. I think with either, either Landry or Jacoby, that would, that I like the Jacoby. Okay. So let's, I like let's Jacoby because we can get Mac way later if we want yeah. to, and we can get Henry late too, if we want to, I think you're right. It opens up. Uh, another potential I like that yeah okay so I'll I'll, now while we wait here uh we can we can definitely take that question um Mac Jones QB 25 by the way so it's definitely possible so there's no science to this but what I would say is I have two rules of thumb right so my first rule of thumb is that I don't want to spend more than five roster spots on quarterbacks and tight ends I think that three and three is like workable I think maybe even in a 12 team league it's optimal my issue with the tournament format is that Tight ends, particularly tight end two, tight end three, just don't score a lot of points, right? So the odds are that if you're adding, if you're drafting three tight ends, you're probably only starting one each week because unless you're doing like two, like top end tight ends, like a bully tight end, which in which case you're doing that, you're certainly not drafting a third freaking tight end. Um, <laughs> like then, so it, it just sort of becomes an issue. Like if you're doing a three tight end setup, it's probably because you're not investing a lot of tight end, which means that they're probably not going to be in your flex all that often. Um, there's exceptions. Like you can start to look in round 17, round 18 and be like, this tight end is going to score more than the wide receivers, but for the most part. And then the issue is then at quarterback, like you can literally only start one quarterback per week. So my concern is, is like, do I want to have four roster spots, uh, minimum three, right? Because if you have three tight ends, that's minimum one can't start. And then two quarterbacks, minimum three, probably four that are ineligible to be in your lineup in a tournament week where you're trying to be the number one score of like three, 400 lineups. And I, I just think it, I just think it's harder. Um, so I don't want to overinvest in the onesie positions. I, I think that two and two is totally fine. If you're investing a lot early, what I would say I probably do more is that the less, like the, the less running backs I'm taking early because there's diminishing returns on the wide receivers, right? Like if I'm taking five wide receivers the first seven rounds, then I'm only going to take seven or eight total. I'm not going to take nine, ten wide receivers. Um, so I want to be able to get all those running backs in late. If, I, if I'm trying to draft a ton of running backs and doing a zero RB thing, I probably only want to spend, you know, two picks each at quarterback and tight end because I'm, I'm not going to want to draft six wide receivers the first six rounds. Right. Um, if I'm doing a more balanced draft, like this is a more balanced draft where we kind of took a few wide receivers, a couple of running backs early, then I'm probably going to be more likely to end up drafting tight ends and quarterbacks a little later. So I'm okay drafting three. I think general rule of thumb is that, yeah, if you're drafting one of those like elite tight ends. So if you're taking Kelsey, uh, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, uh, Kittle, probably those top five. If you're drafting one of those five, then and you end up needing three tight ends, then then that pick was not a successful pick for you. Like, right? Like if you're drafting one of those five, 
the idea is that they're filling your tight end slot 80% of the weeks and, and you don't need a third tight end, right? You really just need one on, on occasion. Um, and then I probably wouldn't want to draft my second tight end until fairly late. Uh, and same goes for the quarterback. If you're spending you- up on a Josh mm-hmm. Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, like you don't want to be drafting, you know, three quarterbacks generally. I think, I think like Dak Stafford, that's kind of my dividing line. Once we get past them as my QB one, I'm probably looking at, at doing two. And then similar, once we get into like the Schultz, Hawkins and Goddard range, like I think you can go to, if you take sort of two of those mid round options. All right. So um, we're, we're, we're rolling with Zach Wilson here. It, it seems um, Ned Barris is just continuously. Yeah. Uh, just, he is a vendetta. I like Corey Davis. I want to talk running backs with you real yes, quick. Cause uh, we have already seen guys like Neem Hines, JD McKissick. I was going to say, we're going to add the Khalil Herbert in there. Uh, Brian Robinson. Is that a player you're considering drafting in the later rounds? I know you're high on him. I like him as well. We should consider Mac Jones and, uh, and Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry also had a very favorable uh, PFF grade at seventy five point nine. Hunter Henry uh, go off the board? Oh, he went a while ago. That's oh shit! Looking at him. Okay. okay. Um. So we're gonna need that two more one. tight ends here. Well, I actually like him out. I know. I know. I originally want to take him because I wanted to take him with Fields, but I, I'm kind of okay taking him anyway. As a standalone, I agree. Yeah. I like Njoku a lot, and of course, I can't pry my eyes away from Gerald Everett, no matter how hard I try. Yeah, his ADP like luckily is a little bit later. Um, let's see. So we have our, okay. Kenny Gainwell. So I, I would take here. I'm fine with Komet. Uh, and I'm fine with, with, yeah, I think, I think Komet because after Komet to me, then, then it needs to be three tight ends. Like Komet, I think has the most like sustainable projectable week to week role. And I'm okay with just him and Schultz. Um, okay. and we're probably going to need a third quarterback. So uh, if you want to do that, sure. Here is fine with me. So we can and ditch then, Njoku and we can ditch Fant. We can yeet them. Uh, Ned Barris had his eyes on Njoku anyway. He's oh, my God. That. Who is – if you're – I swear to God, if you're watching this, I, I'm going to lose my shit, Ned. Oh, uh, my God, Ned Barris. Okay, he's not – I hope he's not watching this because his team isn't good. He he drafted – like, after sniping us on Dak, he felt the need. He was like, I drafted Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott, and I felt the need to just add – Lawrence, because Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott aren't enough at, at, in my quarterback room. And uh, um, Kevin, no, I will never draft Johnu Smith. I, I don't care. Done with Smith. If he moved to running back, I would consider drafting Johnu Smith. Uh, okay. But as running back, let's talk about them because TDP. I know uh, oh, FT yeah. underscore Maddie is a big uh, TDP guy. Love it. Khalil Herbert, uh, Keontae Ingram. And I would love to find a way to get Brian Robinson on these teams. So I would love to find a way to get all four of those guys on there. That might be a little bit of overkill, uh, but we yeah, are in the 14th. Of... We're in the 14th round. We got, uh, I guess 15th now. So we've got yeah. what? Three picks left. 15, 16, 17, eight, four picks left. We have yeah. set, we have seven uh, wide receivers. So yeah, this is this is where you're just hammering time. running backs at this point. Yeah. This is the time where you definitely want to think about, okay, how many do I need on both teams uh, on in my, or, how many of each do I want? Right. So I think we've settled. We need one more quarterback. Um, we're done a tight end. And so then we got to figure out like, what are we going to do the other three slots? And like, this is a pretty balanced team, right? We took, we took the, our first, our, our first um, five rounds, right. We went uh, wide receiver, then running back or sorry, we went wide receiver, wide receiver, then running back, then wide receiver, then running back, then wide receiver. So to me, I think this, this strikes me as like a five running back team. 
where I'm probably only going to go four running backs if I'm like hammering running back really early. So either the first two rounds or, or three in the first six, something like that. Um, I don't know if I want to only roll with Connor, Etienne, Pearson one more. I think two late running backs is nice. And that leaves us with room for one more wide receiver, which I think is solid because I think our wide receiver room is good. Like I, I think we could potentially get away with seven. Um, you know, maybe someone falls that we want or something like that. But I, I think I'm looking at a, I'm feeling a three, five, eight, two right I, now. I can dig that. Um, okay. So this is an interesting spot here. So Khalil Herbert is there. We already have two bears. Um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about just taking Herbert. I and, agree. And we're just going to be, we're all in on the jets and the bears. How could this go wrong? Well, it could go right by them doing well and no one else believing. It would be nice if our quarterbacks weren't sniped. Uh, and then are we going to take uh, are we going to take the Mac Daddy here? Well, I think we have to take Mac Daddy. Oh, this would be I'm like terrified of Brown Carter. I think Brown Carter is ready to snipe us here on the Mac Daddy. He doesn't have another Patriot, does he? I don't. Well, not that that. No, but he only has one today. quarterback. Oh yeah, maybe scared. he's going Jared Durf. Who else? Is there any other plausible stacking options? I'm not I sure. Think we're, I think we're done after that, unless we want to go with a, a late Washington little, stack. I mean, we could do the back. We could do the Kenny Pickett with Here we go. This is going to – Odell, on, really? Oh, when? Okay. Let's go. That, that actually makes sense because doesn't he have Jahan Dotson on this team? I think yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, he had Dotson and Logan Thomas, so that's that's the sharp pick from him. Okay, so we're going to take the Mac Daddy. Uh only the third time I've ever in my life said draft Mac Jones. You know what I like about this team is I don't now I normally wouldn't do it with this division, but I like the idea of having stacks from the same division because you create those uh, you, you create potential shootouts. Do I think we're going to have a lot of Jets Patriots shootouts? Not particularly, <laughs> but uh, you never know the Patriots are on their way down and the Jets are on the way up. Uh, this question here I actually oh, like yes. does Connor mean no Keontae? Uh, yes, and thank you for noticing that because I totally would have drafted Keontae and forgot. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that handcuffing your own running back in a best ball is sharp whatsoever. I think it's like it's just brutal. Like if you no the the way the way that you that you build safety into your best ball teams is by drafting more teams and diversifying your portfolio. So like if you're which means not your freaking handcuffs, right? So like if you're worried about when when you draft James Conner. James Conner is the bell cow and James Conner is healthy all year. Like that's just how you have to act. Right. And that doesn't mean that in two hours, if I enter another best ball draft, I have to think that it, it once we log out of this one, if I draft another one and, and I don't draft James Conner, then I can start thinking about Keontae Ingram. Absolutely. You know, but it's the same thing. It's like, you're again, you have to think about it in terms of when you're in these tournament rounds, you're trying to beat hundreds of people. You're trying to be first of hundreds of people. You want every one of these roster spots to count. Think about it last year. Rashad Penny and Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown won people like a million dollars last year, right? Yeah. That was a round 14 pick and a round 18 pick. Every one of these roster spots matter. You cannot draft a handcuff at the opportunity cost of one of these roster spots at all. It's like, yeah, could Keontae Ingram be on the million dollar winning team? Absolutely. If he is, James Conner is not on that team. Exactly. So once, so once yep. you've drafted James Conner, you just have to not take Keontae Ingram and you have to be an optimist about James Conner. Like so let's say let's say our next next two picks here, we're both running backs, Eileen, Sony Michelle. And I definitely actually like that you have Mark Ingram here. We talked about Mark Ingram a lot. If he is the number two back, I think the number two back in New Orleans has proven to be a very valuable 
position. Now, I see you add Nico Collins, who I want none of, but I understand yeah, why why dudes. he is. I mean, I want one more wide receiver. I'm, I'm kind of open to who, whoever it may be. If you want um, a wide receiver, I think it only – oh, never mind. I was just going to say, you. I think yeah. it only makes sense to grab Wandale. This is the Bulletproof Discord is what this is. I am blaming the Bulletproof Discord for these picks. Uh, I think yeah. they're just following you a little too closely. It's a little rude. Um, okay. Oh, that was going to be the next guy I wanted to take was Peoples Jones. Just like not a good player, but kind of good for best ball purposes. Okay. Well, now who, do we want, just, who do we want at this running back slot first? Let's figure that out. So, I, do we, I, like I, prefer, I was going to say, I prefer Sony Michelle, but it's a little higher than his ADP, but I think we have to kind of, well, I don't care about his ADP. Oh no, it's, it's right above there. Yeah, I would say Sony Michelle. I like Sony because he fits into all of our AFC East stacks too, right? Yeah, that too. And I just I can't I can't buy into Chase Edmonds. I can't buy into it. Sony Michelle seems to pop up on every team around the goal line and just he's that trusted veteran now with round one DC that teams love to just hang on to. I think if we're gonna pick a receiver in the next one, I think it should be Shakir because I think he has the clearest path to success in Buffalo. Uh, mostly because I, we, I like, I definitely think Gabe Davis kind of sucks. Um, hmm, but I, I like Shakir. I think he was a, a good player. I mean, we, we could do a, uh, oh, where's Conklin? We could do Conklin if we want another tight end stack. Yeah. I'm just, so what do you think? Like, can we, can we rest on, I don't like, I don't love resting on seven wide receivers, but Adams, CD, Deontay, Mooney, Garrett Wilson, MVS, Jacoby, like it's a pretty good wide receiver room. I, I think that we can kind of go in any direction with this pick, honestly. Uh, I, I think like I don't hate the idea of Conk Daddy. I don't hate the idea of Braid. Um, five oh, we seconds. Got, we have five seconds. Okay, let's let's just do Shakir. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say we were running out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think this is one where like I could have seen the case for well, not not quarterback, but I, I could have seen I, like I think another running back would have been okay. I think a third like, pit end would have been okay. I don't love if, the three if you do. Five. If you do go like Conk Daddy there, it's literally a home run pick. Like, because it, it could be Uzama and it could be Conklin. And it's really, uh, the only reason I'm picking Conklin is because beat reports say that uh, Zach Wilson likes Conklin. I remember when Zach Wilson liked Tyler Croft in the preseason. So I got him on like 90% of my rosters and he didn't do shit. So it's a little early to just be going off beat reports. It's easy to get tricked and fooled, in my opinion. So I think we made I think we made a reasonable pick when it came down to crunch time, and as long as the pick wasn't Brian Edwards, I think we would have been okay no matter what. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Brian Edwards is going to make it onto many of my many of my best ball teams this year. Although I'm drafting yeah. like I'm doing a lot of Falcons stacks actually, uh, Falcon stacks. Um, well, Ritter's I, so damn cheap. I think I, I'm drafting a lot of pits just just because I really just want to have early tight ends. Like I just don't love the situation that we got ourselves in here, where like, and I, I like both Schultz and Komet, but I just feel like it's kind of a half measure. Like it, when, when I can, especially in these early drafts where I think there's so much value late, uh, I really enjoy locking in one of the top five tight ends. So I'm just taking a lot of pits structurally, and then I, I really just like London. And I, I like his ADP, so I, I have a few double stacks with Pitts and London, or at least one of the two. Uh, drafting That's Connor and hating on Edmonds, Kevin says. Cliff, is that you? Well, uh, I hate on Cliffs too. So, I mean, you can – I remember. So, there was a time ago before we were podcasting and, and getting all this information out to the people that uh, my co-host here, Jacob, and friend of ours, uh, Austin Coombs, FF underscore the beard, I, I think is his, his Twitter at, made fun of me for hating Cliff Kingsbury when he was hired. And now it's cool to hate Cliff Kingsbury. So – 
I've always hated on Big Cliff, and I know other co-hosts of Full Tilt, Big Billy, had to watch Cliff Kingsbury yeah. ruin his college, uh, his college football experience uh, with where he went as well. So you, kind you of gotta give credit to, to you gotta give credit to Nipple with a T for always all, always realizing that Cliff Kingsbury was a fake sharp. Hashtag uh, fake sharp. Yeah. Don't ruin Hollywood Brown. Okay, can we uh, let's pull the results up of the old draft here, if possible. Uh, just to give people one look. I think we can do that. I think you have to do that, though. What's this? Oh. Pull up the result of the old draft oh, there yeah. so we can go yeah. over it. Yeah. Uh, this is the one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we got – I'll pull up the whole thing here. Let's... Where did we go wrong? And I th- I don't know if we really went wrong anywhere. I think it was more Buddy drafting ahead of us decided he was going to steer us in multiple directions. <laughs> yeah, I, I like our team, to be honest. Um. I, I wish that we had a more dynamic quarterback, but I, I don't know that that was our fault. Like, I think that we expected to take Dak Prescott at five picks ahead of his ADP. And then a guy took him as his QB two unstacked. Like he, 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 like he's, he strapped a grenade to his chest and he blew himself <laughs> up and us in the process. Uh, well, so I don't blame us for that. Uh, you know, at that point, it was like, who, are, who else were we going to take in terms of that dynamic half-side quarterback? We didn't have any Niners, so we weren't going to take Lance. Um, we we could have taken Fields, like, well ahead of ADP, but, uh, you know, by the, by the time he came back around, like, he, he wasn't there. I think we, we would have taken Fields if we had that yeah. opportunity. He got sniped right before us. Again, so, two times. Um, yeah, so I think that we kind of just got, got stuck in, in a way. And, you know, I think Zach Wilson has some upside. I think Carr has has some legitimate upside in this if offense. You liked, I think if you liked Dak Prescott going into last year, you have to love Derek Carr going into this year. Because his his offense, you know, when you look at the Raiders offense now and the, the Cowboys offense last year, it's pretty similar when you look at what they'd be able to do. They've got a plodding running back. They've got uh, – um, a good tight end and they've got two really good receivers. I, I don't think, and one of them happens to be a top three receiver in the entire league. I think the minute we got Adams, I think Carr was always the best fallback if we didn't land Dak. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of those ones where like, I think, I think if you're drafting Adams round one, I think Carr is, is one of those stacks you almost have to make. Like, I, I just think Adams, Adams round one only pays off if Carr has a massive season. Because they have other guys. It's not the Rogers situation where Adams gets 35% of the targets. Like they have Waller who's going to get his targets. They have Renfro who's going to get his targets. So I think that for Adams to pay off his ADP, like, and we took him round one, we want Adams to plausibly be the wide receiver one overall in fantasy this year. If that's in his range of outcomes, Carr has to be a top five, top 10 quarterback. He has to be. So to me, like we already kind of made that bet when we took Adams. Uh, And so then you, you kind of end up uh, making that bet, a little bit more conducive ultimately uh, with, with Derek Carr. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I like where we stand there. And then let's roll through the rest of our, our team here. I, I mean, I like where we are running back. This is a really nice sort of, it's, it's almost like the superhero RB kind of style, but it's a little bit later. We end up bleeding into the dead zone here with Connor and with ETN. Uh, and then you take Pierce, you know, a little bit earlier to balance that out. I, I think that that's totally sustainable five running back build. A little bit of fragility up top with Connor and Etienne, but like we're we're trying to win a, a tournament here, so I, I think right. that's a fine running back room, and I think our wide receiver room is really really strong here with with those top four guys who all project really nicely, nice upside piece and Wilson who's stacked, 
MVS for some spike weeks. Um, you know, I think you can make an argument that Jacoby as sort of that wide receiver seven is maybe like not the archetype necessarily that we want to draft, but I also he think has he to score more than really one well. And, and, you know, he's, he's stacked with, with Mac Jones. So I like that. Uh, and like, I, think, I think we're in a good spot. So we'll, we'll do another one of these again soon for sure. If Myers can't score like five touchdowns this year, I just get, it's going to be the most depressing uh, storyline in football. The man does everything else really well, and he's a yeah. good player, but he can't fucking score to save his life. So hopefully they change that, but watch Parker come in and just ruin that. Look, we're going to take a quick second. When we come back. We're going to close this thing out and get everyone on out here uh, for the rest of the day. So sit tight. At the last night of the draft, or the, the first night of the draft, but the very last word, we all debated who the 102 was. And I was, you know, a Jacobs cavalcade of drinks down when I said Kenny Pickett is the 102. Kenny Pickett is not the 102. Kenny Pickett is not the 102. He's not the 102. It's okay. I'm taking it back. No one ever called me on that. But if anyone wants to call me on that, I will gladly take it back and say I was very wrong. Yeah, yeah, I can report that Billy had the 102 uh, in draft that I'm in, and I offered him the opportunity to move back for a fee uh, at, to the 1-6 or 1-7 so that he could get his 1-2. Can he pick it much later? And, and he rebuffed that offer, so Billy's a fraud. Yeah, <laughs> he is a fraud. Hey, and shout out to him. He, he admitted uh, where he was going wrong, and I think that's going to be it. hope everyone enjoyed the old cash considerations. We drafted a best ball team that we feel pretty darn good with. I feel good with. We're, we're going to see how that turns up at the end of the year. I have it marked, so we will definitely revisit it. We'll be back again. Don't know if it'll be next week, but it'll definitely be in the next couple of weeks for sure to do another one. We're going to have some guests pop on as per usual. See what we can make happen. It is best ball season. We're happy that you're spending that time here with us. As for me, you, of course, can find me over there on the bird app at Thomas Tipple. FF, and you can also find me in the Going for Two Discord where we discuss many things like me finally trading away DJ Moore. So I don't have like an 80% roster ship of him. We're going through that whole series and a bunch more, especially uh, why Joe Mixon sucks. So you can definitely go and find me there uh, in that oh, Discord. Joe Mixon. I, uh, I remember well, when you used to pick at the 111 in Dynasty just to get Joe Mixon. I know, I know, I remember. It was a different. It's a different time. It was the Joe Mixon Tyree Kill stack was definitely it. Now here I am selling off both of those players uh, as often as I can. But you can go find that journey over there. They're going for your Discord. I suggest you go and do so. And obviously, again, no fantasy walkabout today. Uh, Tom Lee in Australia is running into a couple of things on the Golden Coast. So we are rearranging that. It might be myself and Billy. It might be myself and Lucas, but it doesn't look like Tom Lee's going to be able to do it this week. We're going to figure that out, likely get that out tomorrow. So sorry for everyone for that, but we did have cash considerations here today. Jacob? Yeah, have a good one. Thanks so much for doing this with me, Tom. Thanks for those of you in the chat. Uh, this, this show is like way more fun when you guys are active in the chat. So thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Kevin. Anybody else who tuned in? Um, this will We'll see when this... This is going to be kind of like a roaming show, mostly just due to like life. So, uh, of course, we have our existing Tuesday show that we all do. Uh, I have a Wednesday show that I do every week. Tom has other engagements with uh, with other shows. And so it's just, uh, I would say like, it'll probably be pretty common that I would say something like two out of every three Saturday afternoons or something, we'll do a stream like this. But keep 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 your tabs on Twitter because there, there will be times where, uh, you know, I might just impromptu 
fire up a cash consideration stream on a half hour notice on the bird app. And you can come in and, and draft with us on a, on a Thursday night or something like that. And we'll see if we can get people to come join uh, on some different streams and yeah, keep, uh, keep tabs on everything over at the full tilt. You can find uh, me tweeting about best ball much more actively from now until the end of the summer. Now that we're sort of moving out of dynasty rookie draft season and into best ball season, you'll be able to find all my uh, written content uh, content on playerprofiler.com in which I will be starting to pivot to more and more best ball uh, focused content. And then, uh, you can find me in the Bulletproof Discord where primarily I talk honestly, but I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit of best ball in there as well. So if you like best ball for like fantasy football, keep tabs with us and we got you covered. For sure. Can't wait, man. It's been a fun summer or it's been a fun, uh, uh, I guess, winter. And now we're getting into the spring. It's going to be a great summer. We have so much stuff coming oh, yeah. here at uh, Full Tilt. It's just growing. We're growing and we couldn't do it without everyone else. So as I like to always remind everyone, uh, be kind to everyone. Don't be a giant piece of shit on the internet. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose. And your best days, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. <laughs>